0: All right, everyone, Uh, welcome back to the Low Side Podcast. This is episode number three. And before I get into introducing this week's guest, I have a a small confession to make. Uh, I literally just realized as I was filming this intro that I have not been recording the last two episodes with the external microphone that I have. Uh, It's been recording from the laptop microphone, so it has as my wife could tell you it has literally been driving me crazy trying to figure out why this microphone was not working i was ready to return it i was you know saying that the brand was terrible Uh, and of course lo and behold it was actually my fault i had not switched the uh, input audio settings to the external microphone Um, so the the quality for the audio the last couple weeks has probably been a little bit poor um, but that will that will certainly not be the case moving forward. Um, so so lesson learned. That said, my guest this week is Jamison Moore. Uh, Jamison Moore is a good friend of mine. You know, I I moved to Wichita, Kansas uh, in the first grade, and I think Jamison and I met in third or fourth grade. Uh, We played baseball together for a couple years growing up. The the guy's an incredible athlete, just naturally gifted uh, and equally hardworking. Um, But I remember when we were younger, you know, third, fourth grade, he he probably weighed close to 200 pounds and the kid could fly around the bases Um, and and a baseball bat in his hand at that age was kind of a funny sight to see because it looked a little bit too small. So... Got to catch up with Jameson, talk a little bit about his football career. Uh, he dives into a little bit of, you know, some of the opportunities maybe he missed um, because of, of grades and some of the things that maybe kept him from reaching his ultimate goals. And, and I think that's super admirable um, to, to admit that and to put that out there uh, instead of blaming it on other things or finding excuses. Uh, Jameson is certainly a guy I know that owns everything that kind of comes his way. So the conversation, you know, switches from football to life. Um, he, he's a golfer. He and I have played golf, uh, I think just one time actually, um, but he plays golf and picked up the game. And then a lot of people don't know it, uh, but he's kind of a gentle giant. He, he plays the guitar, he plays the piano, uh, and he's just a, a good guy. So for me, it was cool to connect with somebody I've, I've known and grown up with and kind of seen uh, what life is thrown at, uh, and, and tie a little bit of golf into it as well. So uh, excited to introduce Jameson Moore, uh, episode three, Low Side Podcast. I hope you all enjoy it. Thanks. All right, this is episode number two, uh, number three already of the Low Side Podcast. I'm sitting here with my good friend Jameson Moore uh jameson and i have known each other since about third or fourth grade um grew up playing sports together and uh actually i transitioned schools um but stayed friends throughout so jameson i appreciate you coming on
1: yeah thank you guys for joining
0: Yep. um you know i'll let jameson tell most of his story but i guess where i'll start i think is probably with something maybe most people don't know about you and that's uh, the music side of things. Oh, so, yeah, I forgot about um, that. Man. I know Jameson is a drummer. How how'd you get into playing music? Oh
1: man, uh, this is funny. My uncle is actually still in the '80s cover rock band. We we'll do basically like classic rock, and I'm just limited to the '80s. But yeah, he uh, he was in that for a while, and uh, I would he would just have practice over at his house. I'd be over there, I'd just start picking up sticks and just start you know messing around with stuff. And that's pretty much how it all started. Then it just like, it was just a gift, man. Never took any lessons or anything like
0: that. Really? How old were Well, you? actually, I
1: did take a lesson. Well, actually, I was around like three, I want to say. Okay. Like young, so my entire life. I took one lesson. Actually, it took like a week of lessons. And the guy was like, I was just picking up everything. He was like, oh, okay, play this, play this. And I was like playing it like as he would like do it. And he was like, there's seriously nothing for me to really do. To teach you. Yeah. He was like, he talked to my dad. I was like. It's like, okay, it's like, whatever. Uh,
0: you're, you're just gifted. Yeah, 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 for sure. Does your dad play music? No, not at all. No.
1: Yeah, my uncle is my only, well, the only one I really know of that kind of had that influence on me. Huh, stuff,
0: so, but, yeah. I know you play drums, do you play any other instruments? Yeah, I
1: play uh, piano, uh, just picked up the acoustic guitar about like two years ago, and it's funny, it's it's, it's strange, man, I've, I've always been like, kind of, uh, if I see someone do something, I'm pretty i'm gonna pick it up pretty fast mm-hmm. and then people are gonna be like you know how i get that with them i go to guitar center and like someone i'm just playing or whatever and like how long have you been playing i'm like well, <laughs> like a couple of years or something I'm like dude you sound like you've been playing for your entire life i'm like well i guess thanks yeah you know? i don't know it just happened
0: yeah um what's your favorite instrument do you have favorite a favorite
1: instrument oh, man it's oh it's tough i go through stages sometimes i can like Pick up a guitar and not pick up anything else. Pick up the drums and not want to touch anything else. And piano. I'll I'll say that. Piano. Piano. For
0: sure. Do you have a favorite music, like somebody musically that you listen to or that inspires you or somebody like when you think about uh, who's your favorite? Is there one that sticks out?
1: Man, as far as like, all right, we'll we'll put in like two separate questions. Uh, We'll put it in like my favorite artist that I like to listen Uh to. And like musical as like, a musician. Okay. Like I like straightforward stuff. I like, you know, country, uh, classic rock, uh-huh. you know, just from my uncle and my upbringing. Uh, man, a lot of, you know, you come in the gym, you hear me listen to Johnny Cash. I love Johnny yep. Cash. Uh, CCR, like classic rock, man. I, I love listening to that just any time, you know, any time of the day. But as far as like musical influences, uh, let's see here. This guy is a guy named Corey Henry. He's a huh. like world famous, like, Jazz organ player. And, uh, man, he's just, he's just awesome. He can play basically like anything, but he's basically known for his jazz stuff. It's it's awesome. You have Cor- to be like a music nerd.
0: What was his name? Corey Henry. Corey Henry. We'll have to check him out. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, Kind of getting, you know, transitioning from music. For anybody who doesn't know Jameson, the guy still looks like he could play football. <laughs> um, and I see him in the gym throwing more weight around now probably than when he was playing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. How'd you get into football?
1: Uh, you know, the nineties, growing up in the nineties, that's all you had was like good sports movies, you know, kids like little giants, Sandlot. We had that, you know, angels in the outfield, all those good movies, man. And, uh, I, it was funny. I thought about this and it was like Becky, the ice oh, yeah, giants. man, it was, she was just a monster. <laughs> <laughs> and I went out there and I was like telling my dad, I was like, dad, I want to play football. It was like second grade. He was like, all right, and I'll check around. He was like, you know, you can play for the Mustangs right now. And it's funny, like, all the, all the guys that oh, we know yeah, play for up. the Mustangs.
0: Yeah, Truman, we had Jonathan Truman on last week, and right. he played. So it's funny, Mustang. if
1: I would have actually started in second grade, I would have play, played with those guys. That's funny. And we still would have probably ended up, you know, knowing each other. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he actually waited till my third grade year. So after then, you know, my dad asked around again, and uh, it was the Wichita Tigers. Played for them, third grade. That was my first time playing football, actually. Yep, so...
0: I did not expect Becky the Icebox from Little (laughs) Giants to be probably something I ever discussed on this podcast, but those are, maybe it's just nostalgia, but Mm. we had like some pretty awesome We did, man. Mighty Ducks, Little Giants, Angels in the Outfield, so many good sports movies. Um... What position did you play when you got to high school?
1: Um, uh, let's see here. Uh freshman year. Uh, let's see here. I played mostly linebacker. Um, actually, I had kind of split time, but it was like mostly linebacker. I didn't go like full time, just strictly running back till. Actually, yeah, sophomore year I did. Yeah, sophomore year I did was just strictly running back. Then junior, then my junior year. Uh, yeah, that's when I split time, played both ways, and played uh, running back and linebacker. Nice. In senior year, just strictly linebacker. I mean, running back. Excuse me.
0: And you went to Derby High School, yep. Yep. Um, which in Kansas, probably one of the more prominent statewide oh, yeah, football sure. programs.
1: Yeah, just a, just a powerhouse for sure. Uh,
0: what's it like playing in a town like Derby, where <laughs> in the coffee shops and everywhere on Friday they're closing early to go watch the game at the stadium?
1: Man, it's 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 awesome, and it's, it was a gift playing there, man. It was it's just like i don't know it's like let's see here what can i compare it to oh i don't know i mean okay we have a lot of people in our school first off we had the, we well at the time we had the biggest school in the state yeah so who is it now do you know uh, i think it's I, it was someone East, in case, Oh. and what? now it's yeah now it's someone in kc so,
0: somebody in Kansas city yeah
1: uh, but you know you you walk around the halls and people know your name but you don't know them, you're just like, hey, you know.
0: At a school that big, you can't know everybody.
1: Exactly. You know, our class was around like ours was about hmm, five, six hundred wow. kids. So yeah, it was well, it was pretty big for Kansas, I'll say yeah. that. But yeah, it was it was awesome, I'll say that. You what, know good. What do you think the
0: biggest difference is? You said for Kansas, mm-hmm. and I, I think I probably know the answer. What's the biggest difference between like high school football? In the state of Kansas versus, like, high school football in Texas or in Georgia.
1: Oh, uh, I'll put it this way. I mean, you know this. It's almost like the same way with college as well. It's like the fan base, man. Yeah. It's like everyone gets behind their town and their team. And it's funny, Derby is, like, one of the team – well, one of the lucky towns that kind of has that. That thing. has it. Yeah. That, uh, so, it's basically like – but everywhere you go – I mean, my friend, Mr. Mark, so we talked about that. It's like – Every town, every team is like... Even if their team goes like, Owen, whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's still everyone just gets behind them and rallies behind them. I think it's more like the fan base. The support. Yeah, for sure. I just
0: saw... I know there's a few in Texas already, but somebody like Tyler or one of those... Texas towns just got approval for like a $60 million high school state. Are you serious? So these, yeah, I think when you talk about cities getting behind the program, yeah, the support sure. goes a long way.
1: Oh yeah. Then everyone, you know, then it's kind of like, you know, they start, start to take things seriously, you know, as far as like playing and things like that.
0: How did, uh, how did your career at Derby go?
1: Uh, let's see here. Freshman. Have <laughs> I, mean, I have an interesting story. Um, Freshman year, I, this has always been my story. I think we will kind of getting this later, but uh, man, academics has always been my the thing that's kind of held me back. It wasn't because I was like, you know, you know, dumb or thing. It was almost like that that small town kind of mentality of like, you know, football town. I thought I could get away with whatever I wanted mm-hmm. to get away with. If I didn't want to go to class, you know, oh well. You know, I thought I was gonna pass. And, and it's funny. I mean, hopefully I can say this. But I know teachers that actually, like, purposely went up to teachers, to be like, we need him to play this year. Uh-huh. We need to give him a passing grade. What does he need to do? If he needs to do anything. And they told me they kind of, like, take, well, took care of things for me and all that. Interesting. As far as that, which is, yeah, it's crazy. But freshman year I did not play because of my grades. Period. Yes, period. I was just on the scout team. Uh just basically just laying guys out, just having fun, man. It was, it, it, it was awesome. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> there was some pretty good times. Uh, but sophomore year, uh, let's see here. I shared time with, uh, our, you know, we know Aaron Wilson. Uh shared time with him at running back. Uh, I don't know how many yards he got. Pretty good, about 500, somewhere. A little bit over that. Uh, then, what is it, junior year, going into junior year, uh, like I said, I split time. Uh, with linebacker and running back, I think I had like 700 yards or so. Uh, what was that? Junior year, pretty decent amount of tackles. I had, well, I had like well, play of the week a few times, just, you know, strictly off defense mm-hmm. and just like big hits and things like that. Uh, senior year, I did pretty well uh, for as much, well, I did well with the line that we had, and mm-hmm. things like that. But yeah. So
0: you talked about grades. I think one. I think it's super um, humble of you to bring it up and talk about it instead yeah. of just blame other circumstances oh, sure. or to, you know, try and beat around the bush. I think it's interesting that you throw it out there. Yeah. What did your recruitment process look like <laughs> going? from high school at a school like Derby and then into where, wherever it led.
1: Man, it's fu- it's funny that you say that. And it, and it all ties in, like I said, with my playing and everything else. I was recruited. Okay, we had we had a camp. You remember the like Pete Carroll, Bob Suits, you know, yep. with the Brown Brothers and all that. They came by, and the first uh, first college I actually talked to me was my freshman year. Like I said, I didn't even play my freshman year. This was like second semester, like in April. When they all came, it was like a just an open time that I could come and you know look at prospects and things like that. So Colorado was actually the first school that uh, contacted me and you know kind of opened up my recruiting process. And uh, that was my freshman year. Interest just kind of kept on building things like that with working out with you know working out with Brian and mm-hmm. all that. Then it led to Oklahoma, K State, TCU, Arkansas. Then it's funny. Too, oh yeah, excuse me, Tulsa as well. University of Tulsa, then, you know, of course, everyone's going to ask you, you know, how's your grades, you know, and I, you know, I couldn't lie to them, you know, I'm not that type of person, who just straight up, you know, lied to someone, I told them, you know, they're not, you know, not very well, mm-hmm. and all that, well, then they, you know, they lose interest, and, you know, I lost interest, you know, that, you know, that kind of took its toll on me, yeah. personally, man, it's like. Man, I'm going in here, working out, doing all this stuff. You know, you know. And then here it is, my grades. You know, that kind of helps. You know, holds me back. Mm. So that was my story of uh, kind of my recruiting process. So basically, after my junior year, once they found out, it was like, see ya. No you more know? calls. No more. Exactly. Actually, uh, when Turner Gill, when he first got to KU, that's that uh, my second semester. It was right before Sunday. day. He called me like in the morning. I was on my way to school uh-huh. and he, and he calls me and he just wants to, you know, basically just get in contact with me. And I was like, Whoa, that's, you know, that's still pretty good. Yeah. You know, that, you know, someone's still contacting me, but it, you know, okay. it's when they found out, you know, about athletics and well grades and stuff like that. So where'd you end up? Just dropped it. Uh, yeah. I actually went to Coffinville junior college, uh, down in Southeast Kansas, went there, found out, man, it's basically, it's a, it's a division one program, man. Because we lot of got a lot of guys that drop out, you know, from well, they get in trouble, you know, at the Division I programs, mm-hmm. or they're going to a big Division I program. It's funny, our our defensive, yeah, our defensive starters, we had four that were from the SEC or going to the SEC. <clears throat> excuse me. And then we had a total of and I want to say nine Division I players, excuse me, starters. Just on our defense, we had just a, just a stacked defense. You know, kept, well, a bunch of them are playing in the NFL right mm-hmm. now, just off our defense. But yeah, I think we had two off offense. Right Have now. you
0: watched um what's the show on Netflix? Yeah, um, La- Last Chance You. Yep, Last Chance You. How relative is that to <laughs> Coffeeville?
1: So and it's it's basically because all right, you know, the, there's an episode they actually got into a fight.
0: Yeah, right? yeah, on the field. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. They got into a fight, and it's funny we were in camp. And, uh, I think it was like, goodness, I want to say like, probably like two weeks into a camp, two weeks into camp. And we had this guy, I don't know if you guys know, uh, I don't know, I want to name blast him, but he's the son of a Hall of Fame player. And he came to, he was from Ohio State and he comes there and he's, you know, he's, he's doing pretty well, man. He's, he's dominating, man. But it's, his mouth, you know, you see where kind of, he kind of got in trouble with I know exactly
0: who you're talking about. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh. He comes in, and uh, just, the guys just don't like him because he has this, you know, sense of entitlement. And these guys are from the hood, man. These guys don't, or from the country, and they don't, they don't like that, you know, that mentality. We're just a bunch of hard nosed guys that just get after it, and um, <laughs> they just didn't like it, man. And uh, it his group of Division one players got into our group of guys, our leaders that were there, and this was like during Oklahoma drill. It's like they stop in the middle of Oklahoma drill. And they just go just wailing on each other, hmm. man. Then all of a sudden, me and you know our buddy Tyler, man, we're yeah. just looking around like, what in the heck? What we we're answer? not looking. We're not <laughs> used to this stuff, you know. So uh, it was just turned into basically like an eighty-man brawl right wow. there on the football field. It didn't stop for like at least a good ten minutes, man.
0: So what do you guys do in a town like Coffeeville when you're not at football <laughs> practice or in the gym? Uh... <laughs> that you can say publicly.
1: Goodness. Oh man. Good thing this thing isn't live, man. <laughs> what do we it,
0: it has an explicit uh rating next yeah, to it exactly. too it's it
1: released. So uh what is there to do, man? Alright, I'll say this. Um we, we basically just sit there's like a okay, the the way it's shaped, like the dorms are, it's like a U. So it's basically like you know, there's a big open area, a big common area right in front of there, and it's all guys. They call it the, basically the yard. Mm-hmm. You know, like in prison, you know, you have the yard where mm-hmm. everyone goes and works out there in their free time. And it's basically like that. Uh, they just get up there and, you know, clown on each other, man. Just have fun, you know, you know, just fraternizing guy stuff, you know. Uh,
0: who's the most talented player y- you've been around
1: ever? It's a tie. between. It's funny because they both played at Tennessee with each other, both freshmen. Either Bryce Brown or New Keith Richardson that I've seen just in person. Uh, excuse me.
0: New Keith Richardson got kicked off for At stealing Tennessee? a laptop or something. No, that was uh, they robbed a
1: store. That's right. Him. That was Kiffin's
0: like first recruiting yeah. class. Yeah,
1: man. The that was like a like top five recruiting class, yeah. dude.
0: Um, he, what
1: position did he play? He played receiver. All right, I give it to him because he wasn't the biggest guy. He was like five. 5'7, 155 soaking wet. But the guy put like a freaking giant, man. Um just flat out speed and just overall athleticism, raw lesson I give it to New Keys. Um just just awesome. Then 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 here's the discussion, you know, they kind of talk about on the players 100, mm-hmm. you know, if you watch that. Yeah. And uh, it's like quarterbacks, then there's like everyone else. The best quarterback I ever faced was, you know, Zach Meckenberger. Yeah. When he was at Butler, yeah. like I've never seen like he was so in sync with his receivers. He just knew when they were coming out of routes, and it was there every single time. Man, it was it was a thing of beauty. We
0: had another buddy of ours, Bryson mm-hmm. Um one, he's always told me he should write before last year into you. He always said I should write a book about the junior college football lifestyle. Man, I'm and then, you. secondly, same thing he said the very first time he saw Zach Mettenberger, he was like, You better hope LSU gets him because <laughs> the dude is a stud. Yeah. So. I, I mean, I
1: honestly thought he was going to do a whole lot better than what he did at, at LSU, but I mean, that's a
0: conversation for, a, we would talk uh, about two oh, hours yeah. on that. I think. He was, and that's the most prolific offense LSU's had in the last like oh by far eight years. Yeah, but I still think he was handcuffed by the For staff sure. and the, the type of offense that they ran.
1: The guy, he he could really sling it. Yeah, yeah.
0: And when you got guys like Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham, it doesn't. I'm telling that's hurt. funny. Like
1: you don't you didn't even realize that no. they were there. They were underutilized. Time. Yeah, like to yeah. know
0: that, that they were. I'm pretty sure they were the only a thousand yard receivers on the same team. That year that Zach Mettenberger was there. Yeah, that's so. funny.
1: And uh, it was like, I remember hearing the conversation about Odell Beckham. And I think they were like, it was like the announcers or something. They were like, "Oh man, this guy's good enough to play in the pros right now." I'm like, "This guy? He's barely like breaking over 100 yards. Yeah. You know, oh, basically like breaking like 70 or something like that a game." But man, I mean, look at him now.
0: Yeah, he's a stud. Is there anyone you modeled your game? Like, the way you ran after, is there anybody you paid attention to? And
1: Okay, uh, when, I was a, when I was a young age, when I first started playing, we had a bowl game at, uh, what was it, Cessna Stadium. We played the Oklahoma City Titans, and, like, the announcer, you know, I, I mean, just from watching, I guess, Little Giants and stuff, I had a whole bunch of people on my back, and I was still running. <laughs> he was like... And the bust goes ahead <laughs> for, like, a five-yard carry. He just kept on saying that. And I'm like, what is he talking I didn't know who Jerome Bass yeah. was at all. And, uh, I mean, I've always been a physical player. I really didn't start, like, studying, like, running backs until I got to, like, high school. And, of course, man, if you don't watch Adrian Peterson oh, at yeah. all, man, it's like, if you're a running back, who would you model your game after? You know, and plus being a physical guy like I was, man. But uh, him, uh Let's see here. Ricky Williams. Oh yeah. Just because man, our build is so similar. Mm. Just uh just our, our legs and you know, just how big we are. I mean, I'm like five five eleven, five ten, you know, two thirty. Well now I'm about two forty five right <laughs> <laughs> What'd you play
0: at? What was your playing weight?
1: Uh in high school I was like in between two ten, two eighteen. I was I was funny I was I was my heaviest uh my freshman year. At two eighteen.
0: Of high school or of, of high school. College. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I've I haven't seen the I haven't seen a lot of day under two hundred since what like <laughs> seventh grade <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. As long yeah. as I've
0: known Jameson, he's been a, a big dude. Yeah. Um, and you've always been fast though too. Like somehow yeah. you could move that weight like For sure. unbelievably. Yeah. Uh what other sports do you play growing up?
1: Uh let's see here. Uh well, of course, start started out with t-ball. Yeah. T-ball was first, you know. Then, you know, like I said, we played baseball together for a couple of years. Then uh, football came along. That was third grade. Then uh, I got into golf. Yeah. Uh, I want to say fifth grade, I want to okay. say. When I was about to move, uh, my neighbor, you know, they just actually moved into the house right next door to us. Um, and he had a set of golf clubs. And they were just sitting there. And I was like, oh, I was always going there. I was like, I will look at him. You know, I've seen golf on TV, but uh-huh. never actually like held a set. And I would, like every time I'd go over his house, it was like almost this thing, like this attraction. You know, it's like, <laughs> like a little aura. Yeah, exactly. You know, and uh, I used actually go in there, and he, I guess he kind of noticed. Gotcha. And uh, right before I left, he knew I was he knew I was moving, and uh, he actually get end up giving the set to me. Hmm. The te- I still have the TaylorMade three wood, and I have it's. Uh, I still have a few of the Wilson staff irons. Is man. that what they were? Yeah. Yeah, they were pretty good clothes for back then, but yeah. So, I,
0: it's a golf podcast. We'll, we'll go towards golf. Um, so, fifth grade, you started playing. Did anybody get you into it, or did you just do it all? All by around? myself, all, all by yourself, just yeah. like the music stuff?
1: Yeah, exactly. It was just like... It's funny, the first time I went to the driving range, like I said, I, I mean, I'm not you know, a big uh, you know, guy to brag about anything or anything like that, but I uh, went to the driving range, and I, I, I'm not... I'm just used to hitting a tee ball, yeah. you know, and uh, something off the of tee, shall I say, but I just grabbed the three wood, just tried to hit it out to 200, and all of a sudden, I guess this guy comes over and starts talking to me. That's all I can remember. He's like, wow, you know, he's hitting pretty well. Does he play, like, junior golf or anything? <laughs> he's like, no, he just plays tee ball. was like, oh, I can kind of see how that would kind of, you know, come along with the hand-eye coordination. Yeah. Does your dad play like 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 golf? No, not at all, no. man. Yeah. So you
0: just picked it up and went?
1: Yeah, it was – just, like, by myself.
0: Who's your favorite professional golfer? Uh,
1: Of today? Well,
0: uh, you, I guess whoever's playing now, and then if you have a historical one. Whoever's
1: playing now, I guess i say Rory, man. Rory? I, yeah, I, huh. I like his game. I really do. I mean, he's not he's not on, like, you know, I mean, here here of late, but, yeah, he's my favorite. Just Why do you much. think he's
0: struggled lately?
1: Any uh, idea? I mean, you kind of, of course, he's had injuries, you know, with yeah. his back and just now recently with his ribs. But, uh... I'd probably have to say his mind. I mean, athletics is usually about your mind, man. It's like if you don't have it upstairs, you know, if you come off, if you're not focused, if you're laser focused, man, when you come and hit a shot, I mean, we know that. Yeah. Like you're going to freaking duff it. So,
0: Yeah. Rory, is. I've always respected his game. I don't know how you couldn't. I've never Mm -hmm. been like a huge fan. Yeah. uh, But I like to watch him play. And I think it was unfair early on when he – was winning quite frequently. He was pretty young yeah. at the time. And everybody... And this happens all the time in sports. He was going to be the next Tiger Woods. Yeah, exactly. Woods. Like, yeah. Don't force him
1: to be that. Let yeah. him
0: be the next Rory McIlroy. Yeah, that's
1: what I thought they were doing with George Spieth a lot, too, yeah. man. It's like, you know, just kind of you know chill out. They always try and
0: paint this picture of people as the next, you know, whoever was the greatest, the next Michael Jordan, the next right. Tiger Woods. And I don't think anybody's going to be the next Tiger no, Woods. No, not at all, man. Do you remember... Like, did you watch golf when Tiger was in his heyday?
1: Well, I did, but, of course, I didn't know, you know, what was really going on with the mm. swing and the, the shots, the type of shots he was playing and all that. But, yeah, I remember watching for
0: sure. It was pretty yeah. exciting yeah. seeing what he did. Yeah. Um, you have a, Do you have a uh, favorite course that you've played?
1: Oh, man, let's see here. Favorite course. Now, there's this one... I have no idea. I can't remember for the day, oh, mm-hmm. like for the day of my life, but uh, my uncle, whatever, wherever country club he belongs to, down in Texas, Mansfield, Texas. Mansfield, man. Texas. Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. Really? Yeah. It's a nice. It's like wide open. I don't know if all the courses are like mm-hmm. that, but I kind of heard they are. They're just like wide open, pretty much.
0: That's what I need. So yeah. when I, spray <laughs> I think it, everyone does. It, when I spray it a little bit, it's yeah. not findable. If you could play anywhere, where would it be? Goodness. Let's see here. Uh...
1: Mm, that's a toughie, man. I want to say, of course, everyone's going to want to say Augusta, man. Yeah. Just because, you know, there's the, like you said, the nostalgia, man, and just the history that's there. Uh, goodness. Whistling Straits looked great. Just because just the layout, and it's different golf. Yeah. You know, it's, of course, it's Lynx golf, but, you know, it's you just kind of have to. No, it's just different than what we get here in Wichita. So it's fun. I, in
0: I, everybody. I had my buddy Drew Palmer on here. he said Augusta too, mm-hmm. and I was lucky enough to go to the Masters mm-hmm. three three years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's just like the most unbelievable unbe- place. It's yeah. like a scene out of a movie or a dream. And when you're there, you just can't. You almost don't want to play it because it's <laughs> too nice. Like yeah. I don't. I wouldn't want to mess it up. And I've actually played the Irish course at Whistling Straits. Okay, yeah. Uh, not the Straits course, but mm-hmm. we played the Irish course. And I went the year that Jason Day won the PJ Championship. No way, yeah. And like you said, it's just unbelievable the mm-hmm. way it looks and right on the lake and everything. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, and this is getting a little sidetracked, but that course is designed by uh, Pete Dye. Right, yeah, who, yeah. Like his whole thing is to force you to think and be mentally. Exactly, and, yeah. I was just talking to my dad about this. We played the Irish course together. At, at, after 18 holes, I was ready to be done. Usually I'm like just finding <laughs> just my group yeah. and I'm ready for nine more.
1: Yeah.
0: At that course it was like, "No, get to the clubhouse. I need a drink because it's just That's exhausting. Awesome. It's just a hard round of golf." Yeah. Which makes it all the more impressive when those guys, you know, go do what they do out there. So oh, yeah. Um so you you talked about football and you talked about Um, you know, getting into golf. Mm -hmm. I know you're also, like, big into physical fitness and exercise. Oh, right, yep, yep. How'd you, and you you do some personal training, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what did that stem from? How'd you get into all that?
1: Uh, Well, of course, when I came back, man, I I left junior college after just a year. Uh, Dad was kind of going through some, like, real bad time in his life. Uh, Basically had a real bad car wreck. Basically just couldn't walk, couldn't do anything. And, man, my dad was, uh, I think we're going to lead this, but he was in the Army, man. He was Mm -hmm. was an SF guy, uh, 75th Ranger Regiment. And uh, just basically, you know, those guys, they're just, like, always doing something. Mm -hmm. And they're just active. Man, he was fit. He was just in shape, you know, playing basketball with guys like our age and, like, whooping them. And to see him go from that to, like, you know, basically just crippled, man, and just, like, barely could walk around the house having a cane. It's like, what in the world? Mm-hmm. And he took it. you know, of course, he's a pastor, man. And he took it, like, he was, like, about to give up on the church and all that. So I came back here, uh, you know, helped him out for a while. And that's that's pretty much how I kind of, like, found uh, personal training was through, uh, I was just here, man. And uh, uh, Brian mm-hmm. Butler, my trainer back in high school, I ran back into him uh, at what was it? Harrison Park. He was out there just training guys, you know, running the hill, you know, like we used to. And I was like, man, I, it was, felt so good just to be out there. You mm-hmm. know, it's almost like, you know, you you find your, you know, your zone, man, mm-hmm. and where you kind of belong. And it's like, man, I miss this. And it's like, and I, and I was like, Brian, I'll just come out here just because you need some help. I see you got a lot of kids mm-hmm. and all that. So he was like, yeah, just come out, you know, just gave me the days. And I was just like, man, you don't have to pay me. And, uh, you know, eventually he just like showing it, I was showing up and he was like, man, I see you're faithful. And, uh, he was like, I'm gonna offer you a job. I was like, sweet. So, uh, you know, after that, I just really started researching it and just going just in depth with everything, man, just, just found a love for the gym. It's funny if you, if, you, if anyone's listening to this, you know, that I went to high school with, they know that I hated going <laughs> to the gym. I hated working out. I didn't see a point in it, you know? But for me to actually find that love for, for fitness mm-hmm. and just, just being in the gym and just helping, and I found out, man, it's more about like helping kids yeah. man. just being around just once someone, once you see someone get something that you've been telling them to do, that's, man, that's so fulfilling yeah. and you just love it. You, you chase that feeling all the time, you know, and, um. That's pretty much how I got into fitness. Then it led to, of uh, course, where we're at now, uh, with Tim Semino. It was basically the same thing. Uh, just ran back into him, man. and just, just things start to, started to roll from there. You know, he offered me a job as well, and you know, I've been there for a while.
0: What do you think the biggest difference is between? You know, when you're playing sports, you're in control, everything's kind of reactionary. Mm-hmm. And then when you're instructing or teaching, mm-hmm. and I know you're involved with the, you know, students in a couple of mm-hmm. different capacities, what's mm-hmm. the biggest difference between being a player and being an instructor?
1: Oh, uh, let's see here. I'd probably say more of the, more of the pressures on you when you're like an instructor yeah. <laughs> or a coach rather than be you know, performing. Cause I would, I didn't, I mean, I was just going out there having fun, man. Yeah. Those kids are just want to go out there and have fun. You know, the coaches feel the pressure all the time but uh it's i i i love it because i i like every time even with with my athletic t- career with grades man it's almost like like the clutch clutch situations i thrive in those mm-hmm. i i it's almost like i love putting myself in a in a deficit mm-hmm. just to see myself work out i mean if you see me work out like really go after it i love being in the heat you know running up hills <laughs> like it's i like the the tough thing that's that's what i like, you know, like doing, because it's so rewarding after that, you know.
0: What do you think that stems from? Is uh, it just innate, or did somebody teach you it?
1: I want to say, let's see here. Most of it is. I wouldn't say, because if someone taught me that, man, I wouldn't be in the gym as much as I do, I was working out as hard as I do, training, you know, hustling you know, as hard as I do sometimes. And it's just, I guess it's just innate. I've always been that intense guy, man. I remember telling kids, like, Why don't you? not you like focus? Like people would talk to me, like kid around before games. This when I was young, man, and they'd be like, you know, how come? Well, they're like, hey, like joking around before games. I'm like, dude, shut up, (laughs) and I'd be mad. It's like I just had that kind of intense, kind of deal, you know.
0: I think that translates as much to life too as it does to sports. Yeah, being able to turn it on and. Mm -hmm. um, you know, be not necessarily comfortable in uncomfortable situations, but right. know how to work out of them. Right, for sure. Them. Yeah. Uh, you said your dad was Special Forces. Right. Did, did Does he talk about his military career?
1: <laughs> it's funny. Uh, sometimes he does. He's told some stories, but it's nothing. You can tell, there. you know, there's always more to the story and things like that. But, yeah, he's told us about, you know, just the first time he, well, he was a medic and uh, just the first time he kind of had to, you know, it was funny. It was a God. I forget what It was some type of explosive or something. Uh-huh. And, uh And this guy actually accidentally pulled it. Exploded in his face. He had to go over there. His face was like melting off. Oh my God. Had to help him kind of at least get it under control because he couldn't fix it right there. You know, in the you know heat of battle. But mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Um. And you mentioned your dad's a pastor. Yes. How long has he been doing that?
1: Oh man, he was a youth pastor for goodness. I want to say, 10, 12 years, something like that. Then he started his own church when I was 10, um, and we've been doing that, whole, heck, 15 years now. Really? Yeah, his own church uh, right down there off Broadway. Huh. Yep. How
0: How big? Is it pretty big?
1: Yeah, it's pretty big, man. We've uh, got like 700, or oh, 700 wow. Sundays, so yeah.
0: You play music yes, in the church, too? Yes,
1: Uh Right now, I'm playing piano, right? Piano? Yeah, I know, right? This big guy up there. <laughs> it's, it's like, it reminds me of that guy. I don't know if you guys have seen the movie Sing. This I big, haven't seen it. There's a big gorilla named Johnny, and he's up here, like, tinkling. And that's <laughs> what I feel like.
0: The piano is, like, this kind of delicate, you know, very romantic type yes. instrument.
1: Yeah, man. I'm just, a, I guess, a deep guy in there Del-
0: Are you as, you know, focused oh, yeah. with your music as you are in the gym?
1: Uh, I would probably say it's more of, like, a release for me. Gotcha. It's more of, like, uh, let's see here. I mean every guy kind of has that thing every tough guy kind of has that you know thing you wouldn't expect mm-hmm. you know that they would do and that's that's probably mine it's like because I just it's so different than what I'm used to you know especially with golf that's kind of like how I picked up golf man mm-hmm. well I'm just kind of in love with it man addicted to it it's just like. It's so different than, you know, football. You can go out there and just be pissed off, mm-hmm. you know, and just go, just like decapitate someone. Exactly. But, ba- I mean, but uh, golf, it's like, man, you have to focus. You know, you have to see lines. You have to, there's a whole lot more upstairs that you have to go through.
0: It's funny you mentioned the piano and then you mentioned golf mm-hmm. and now that I sit and think about it, they kind of seem a little bit similar. Like For sure. there's so many mistakes you can make to do it the right way. Right. Both of them, you have to be completely zoned in. You have yeah. to know what you're going to do. And it's
1: never ending. Music is never ending. Yeah. Golf dude, you're, you're always striving no matter who you are, man.
0: Even if you play a really good round, there's always like, man, it could have been a little bit better mm-hmm. or I could work on this a little bit more. For sure. Um, Awesome, awesome. So, what motivates you? Um, you know, po- you mentioned post playing and like mm-hmm. getting into the gym. What motivates you to stay in shape and stay? Goodness,
1: active? let's see here, man. Because I was, I remember I talked to you about playing Canadian for a while. Yeah. Uh, that was an option, of course, going back to school. But man, just it, it almost became, you know, like the what is it? it was, they did like a research or like a kind of a saying or whatever thing it was. But it's basically like whatever you whatever comes a discipline, with Richard just come to have it. You know, just mm-hmm. you know, if you wake up at six o'clock in the morning, it might suck for like the first week, but eventually you just get used to waking up at six a.m. Yeah. all the time, and that's basically what it is, man. I, just forcing just, it to be, yeah. Because like I said, man, in high school I was not I was not about the gym life at all. I was not a gym rat, hated it. Uh, then just once you found it, man, it's just like you. It's like almost like like people say, you know, we're always evolving and mm-hmm. things like that. That's basically like what I feel like. I want to. I don't want to go to the grave and kind of be, like we talked about that one day. Like, be like, shoulda, coulda, woulda been. Mm-hmm. You know, how how strong could I could have, you know, you know could have actually wanted it be, woulda been or yeah, whatever. But uh, it's basically one of those things. It's like I don't wanna. I wanna be all tapped out.
0: Yeah, I think you know, you and I probably share that mentality. And mm-hmm. you know, if you think about being 80 years old and having a couple of days left, you don't, you don't want to be in a position where you go, man, what if this, what if For that, sure. yeah. you want to, you know, go on low fuel and know, oh, yeah, man. oh man, I'm glad I did this. I'm yeah. glad I did that. So, yep. um, what do you think, you know, you've been around, you've been an athlete yourself, you've mm-hmm. been around other elite athletes mm-hmm. and now you're on the instruction side. Mm-hmm. What, Leads to success, or what separates the kids that are successful?
1: <laughs> it's funny, man. It's the guys that do the little things. Of course, you always hear that, but it's far. Okay, I'll put it. I'll put it this way. First, first time I saw Arthur Brown when he came back and he started training again from his uh, his ankle surgery, and uh, it was he showed up like 30 minutes before he did his own stretching, own phone rumble, own, own phone, own phone phone rolling, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a tongue twister. Let's see here. He did his own band work by himself. He warmed up by himself. Then he warmed up with everyone else as mm. soon as everyone else got there. And that, that, <laughs> I mean, for any for any athlete to do that by themselves, it's basically just it's discipline and like. There's so many guys that go out there and they just work out. I mean, I was that guy in high school. Just go out. Work Naturally out just because did. the coach, you know, made you or yeah, they just they just depend on the natural gifts so much, but man, everyone eventually is gonna have to do some work. Yeah. If you wanna be as good as you say you wanna be, you're gonna have to do some work.
0: I speaking of cliches, what's hard work? Beats talent when talent doesn't fails work. to work. Yeah, hard. yeah, it
1: doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. There's
0: a lot of truth to that. Like your yeah, talent for sure. takes. And I talked about this with when we had Jonathan Truman on, mm-hmm. um, because like Bill Snyder has built a program based off of that mm-hmm. model, and you take kids that are a couple inches too short, mm-hmm. or they aren't as fast. Oh, yeah. But one, they know how to play football really For well. Sure. And they just work their ass off, and that pays off. Like, the work comes eventually, whether it's sports oh, yeah. or business or what life, whatever it is. Because thinking
1: about it, I mean, what are you doing when you're working? You're working out. You're building a stronger engine, man. And that and that person that's not, and, they're tr- and especially if you trust in what you're doing, that That's the difference. Like, you could go through a program. I can't hand you a program. Like, I'm about to be done. You know that notebook? Mm-hmm. It was funny. And they were like, man, we should auction that off, man. There's, <laughs> <laughs> there's like so many good things in there that you could do. But it's like, if I gave that to someone, some guy, you know, some athlete that wants to, you know, play big time ball, I'm like, here you go, man. You can have this, man. I, I did this. I got this much faster, got this much stronger. But if they don't believe in what I had written down, mm-hmm. that I think that's more like the difference. I think you have to come to a belief in, like, Coach Schneider's, you know, his, what is it, his, how many principal does he have?
0: Oh, 12? Yeah, those 12 principal,
1: yeah. something like that. Like, if you don't, if his team at least doesn't believe in, like, half of that, it's, it's basically like, you gotta be all in. Yeah. yeah, exactly.
0: Who's, uh, who's your favorite college football team?
1: College football team, <laughs> let's see here. I am a TCU fan. Let's see here. Was that because they were I, recruiting you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I fell in love with him, Yeah, I like Gary Patterson. Yeah, he's he's, he's awesome. from Roseville, yeah. Kansas. Actually. And he
0: he did he play or coach at K
1: State for a little bit. Went. Yeah, yeah. He, I think he did both. Did he, he went he? to K? Actually, no. Excuse me. I think he went to KU, coach at K State.
0: say. I know he has affiliate. I knew he was from Kansas, and he has mm-hmm. affiliation to K State in some capacity. Yep.
1: Actually, no, no. Excuse me. Yeah, both of them are K State. Are
0: yeah. they? Yep. Yeah, he's a good dude. Um, who? What? Who else were you gonna say?
1: Man, I was about to say more well, because I've always been like a player guy more than anything. But yeah, oh, gotcha. Yeah, uh, I go team by team, man. Well, year by year. I'm not a bandwagoner, but yeah, you know, I kind of like a team. I'm kind of like okay, they they have some ballers on the map. I like the way they play because I just just because I'm a football fan.
0: Who are you looking forward to seeing this year?
1: <sighs> this year, Auburn, man. Auburn. I, I, you know, we talked about that, yeah. man. Uh, plus, I know they're starting receivers and sophomore. Uh, Eli, Stove. Eli Stove. his I actually put his brother in high school in mm. their, the military family. They're gotcha. from Alabama. Oh, okay. Then they Went moved to Florida. Yeah, so this is his uh, sophomore year. He, he toured up last year, man.
0: Yeah, they yeah. Uh, Auburn is one of those teams, kind of like LSU, that you could get like 12-0 and 0 pretty mm-hmm. quickly. Mm-hmm. and it. I don't know if it would necessarily surprise a lot of people, mm-hmm. but you could also get like eight and oh, four, yeah. and they're going to yeah. lose some games they probably should have won. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but I'll be interested to watch them too. They—I uh, don't know who's going to start at quarterback. They got—they got Sitom they got um, already. Yeah, yeah they, they got them, them. and I don't know if I think there's another kid that's a fifth-year redshirt. Sean Richards. White, man. yeah, Sean White. So yeah. that'll be a good battle there. They—they got to somebody's got to overtake oh, Alabama because oh, yeah. if, yeah. if Auburn or LSU doesn't be, do yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. This is. My favorite time of the year. Like oh yeah! One we're literally one week till college football, yeah. and then it's on four nights a week. Oh for yeah, baby. four
1: straight months. I'm telling you, it's doesn't matter if it's like UMass and no, like yeah, someone exactly. else playing on a Tuesday. It's but. a
0: Northern Illinois versus Toledo. Action oh yeah, that's is, good stuff. Yeah. I like watching it, and then you know yeah. the leaves start changing, the weather cools off. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, it's my favorite time of the year. I know you're a a dad. Oh yeah. Yep. How'd that change your life,
1: man? Oh my goodness, ah. Uh, like they said, it does. Yeah. Man, it just changes your life. Man, uh, let's see here. Mm, I want to say, let's see here. Just getting, I mean, seeing that I had my own business, mm-hmm. man, just seeing that it's, it's like I said, it's it's not about you, man. Mm-hmm. It's, it's about providing for your kids, man, and having the best, you know, future that they can have and the best experience they can have, like period in life, mm-hmm. man. It's like even like when you're still here, you still want them to have a good time, man. Like even like people say, like I'm gonna save it for when I'm gone, you know, my kids. But it's still about, man, get after it now.
0: Yeah.
1: Don't just work up to it, you know. When you can, you know, when you're gone, mm. do something for them now, man. And that's what's really, you know, just providing standpoint, mm-hmm. man. And just, man, it really doesn't. I remember talking. It really doesn't feel like parenting as much as it does just, just loving someone yeah. and just like showing them the right way. You know, my son's a little bit older than uh, Mike's daughter. Uh, my son's about to be three. September 20th, uh, I'm just looking forward to that, man. And just just the way, he, you know, he's starting to act like me. Yeah. You know, he puts his hat on backwards sometimes when <laughs> I put my hat on backwards. He wants to take my shirt off when I, you know, I'm out mowing the lawn or something like that. You know, little things That's like that. Awesome. So it's just so. Some-
0: Is he... So almost 3 mm-hmm. is he picking up like a football yet or a oh, so baseball
1: he doing anything He is he is he, seriously he is golf all the way. <laughs> oh, he I will like pick, it. You know you yeah, that video of that baby, you know just swinging yeah, yeah. everything? That is my son. That's awesome. He will literally pick up anything and just swing it like a golf club. That's awesome. It's like like he has a ball and it's funny he make, you know, uh, of course you hear, you know, everything now, you know, with golf broadcasts you hear the you know the the whiff of the club going by and he goes <laughs> he makes the <laughs> yeah. sound. Uh,
0: what do you what do you want him to take away, you know, from life or from sports that you learned?
1: Man, uh let's see here. First from sports, man, is just I learned this from an early age. Uh hard work pays off, man. It's like I mean it's so it's so true. It's like whatever you even I mean we talked about this in the gym, it's like even though we, you know, might not reach what we want to reach, you know, let's see if we all right, let's put it this way. Some girl's at the bar, you go to her you still, and you get denied, man. You still, like, learn from that. Mm. It's like, you might get some joy. You might get a laugh out of it, dude. It's like, it could be the one that's, like, the most best memories that you have with yeah. someone. There's still something good that comes out of something when you work hard. You yeah. know, if you, like, pursue something that, you know, you go after, man. And that, and that, that's where I would leave him, like, like, from athletics, man. From life, man. Just, man, you know, Christian, man. Just my faith in God, man. Just always, always just having the faith, man. Always believing, man. I mean, there's, I mean, it's a, you know, it's a negative world these days, man. Mm-hmm. but you always got, you got to believe in something, you know, that's, that's bigger than you are. And in, and that the world is bigger than you are There's yeah. something that's greater, you know, believing in something that's greater than you are. I think that, you know, that's humbling, man. It's, and also, it also almost makes you almost kind of like, I don't know, just help out people a whole lot more. You yeah. Know?
0: I think, you know, knowing that your time is short and, and having that belief forces you to do things in the present. To mm-hmm. be proactive, because you For realize sure. I only have this small window to yeah. do the things I leave the legacy I want to leave. You know, oh, yeah. you you want people whenever your time is to say, you know, he was a good guy, or he did For this, sure. or in some capacity he made other people's lives better. Mm-hmm. And I think when you have that kind of long term thought process and that realization, it, it forces you to take action mm-hmm. to be to be active. So, yeah. Um. It's funny too. I think you know you talk about just working hard and putting yourself out there mm-hmm. you might not get the result you want like you said but you're mm-hmm. just like you mentioned you're always learning from it and oh yeah it all it only seems like a big deal in the present like you oh, get yeah. rejected yeah. and you sit there for five or ten minutes and you're like god i'm an idiot this sucks i can't believe she said no whatever mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. and then a year later you're like that wasn't even Dude, a even by deal. the time you go home, yeah, it's like, time you home, it's like,
1: whatever, man. Yeah,
0: so. Awesome. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of get close to wrapping it up. I asked these two questions to everyone. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite sports moment that you have been a part of as oh, a player? Oh, man, let's see
1: here. This is tough. Okay, I'm going to go individual, then I'll go team. There was a game in eighth grade <laughs> that... I, you know how you just, (laughs) I've heard it said like you're in flow or whatever. And it was a state game and uh, some team from Nebraska. And I was literally just, it was like, I was laying everyone out. It was like everyone that ran up to me was like getting pancaked, or something (laughs) like that. And I had like an unbelievable interception where I just like jump up and just like one hand snag it. And almost take it back to the house, and I feel like I got like a shoestring tackled or whatever. And like the coaches, like literally, come up to me, and they're like, "Like we have never seen a player like play this." Play like or, this. Yeah, and like for the other coaches, like that's that's like pretty good, man. It's like you're like like an unbelievable player. And then like even the refs were like, you know, you better give that guy like player of the game and stuff like that. Like individually, that was that was just a blur to me. Like every other game, I've had big games, you know, two hundred yard games and things like that. Big time tackles, but it's like, it was just like the state of, like everything was going right, you know? Uh, Then, man, in high school, goodness, we were the first ones to beat Hutch.
0: Mm. Oh, that's right. My
1: junior year um, at their house.
0: And they'd won, what, like three or four? It was like five straight
1: uh, state championships. Yeah. Then they lost to Rockhurst, I want to say.
0: Missouri. Yeah. Yeah. They had, uh, oh, Shield House. Nathan he, Jim yeah, it, he yeah. ended up going and playing at Illinois. Illinois. Right. He was a big dual threat guy. Mm-hmm. That's funny. What about, uh, okay, so favorite sports moment you played in? Mm-hmm. What's your favorite sports moment in general when you think about that you've mm-hmm. watched?
1: Let's see here. Let's see. The, what was it, 05 National Championship? USC, USC Texas? Oh, oh, my goodness.
0: 05 season, I think. 06, 06? Yeah, man. Rose Bowl.
1: Because, dude. Biggest Reggie Bush fan. If you did not re- watch Reggie Bush back then, he was, dude, he was the man, dude. Reggie Bush, Matt Leinard. then me and me and Bryson, we talk about this all the time. man. they had the best linebacking core. Oh, Cushing, Cushing, Mauluga, yeah. uh, Clay Matthews. Like yeah, they're their all, defense was awesome, dude. Then the,
0: uh, th- who was their safety? Um, Darnell Bing. Darnell Bing, and then there was another guy. I think his name was. He played for the Bengals for a couple. of years Oh, uh, Taylor Mays. Taylor Mays. He's a character. Just a beast. Uh, yeah, yeah. That was a fun team to watch. Yeah, I watched that. I watched that game with Bryson. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, and that that's definitely one of those national championships. Like oh, yeah. when you talk about them, and for us, that's like a, a fun age, like middle oh, yeah. school, getting big into college football and yeah. all that. Yeah. But Vince Young took that game. Reggie Bush kind of lost that game. Yeah, he the, did. The then everyone
1: was like, "Man, we should have get the Heisman." uh I guess you can't Vince say Young. he
0: lost it. They were only in a position to be there because he was so good. Oh yeah, but for sure. Yeah. That I remember that whole week they were showing old high school highlights of him, and he, he did like a rugby always, style yeah, ladder. He always did that, like numerous. Yeah. And they showed it all the way leading up to the game, and he tried to do it, and they turned it over, yep. and they were like getting ready to score. Yep. Um. That's awesome. That's a good memory. So. Um, well, I appreciate you coming on, Jameson For me, and for everybody listening, I, the people that I've had on so far have all been people I, I'm pretty close to and have mm-hmm. a good relationship with. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's fun to hear these stories and learn for a sure, little bit. Yeah. Some of this stuff I didn't know or haven't ever discussed. Yeah. So uh, I appreciate you coming on. Oh and, yeah, man, I enjoyed uh, it. Um, hopefully, everyone else enjoyed. So that wraps up episode number three. Yes. Yeah. Side golf. Awesome. Appreciate it, man. Love you guys. Yeah. Okay, that's a wrap on this week's episode of the Low Side Podcast. If you have any questions, concerns, feedback, criticisms, uh, please reach out to me. My email address is michael at I would love to hear what anybody who listened thought and any way we can do better. And lastly, if you have a guest or, or would like to be a guest, please reach out to me. Uh, we're looking for as many interesting people and interesting stories to tell as possible. Um, not always around golf, um, but but usually with some bit of golf thrown in the middle. So uh, thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.